Thanks so much for joining us and for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. Our hope as you listen in is that you might encounter Jesus, hear and receive his love, and be encouraged and empowered by his spirit to be and bring life and love to one another and to the other in your world. If you would like to get in touch with us or keep up to date with what's happening in and through the life of Steeple Church, please jump on to our website at steeplechurch.com.au or follow us on the socials via Facebook or Instagram at steeple.church. We're looking forward to meeting you one day soon, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. Bless you, fam. This is my nightmare. How are we doing? Feeling good? Uh, <clears throat> my name's Emmanuel. If we haven't met before, let's see some fresh faces. See Uncle Norm and Lonnie in the house. How are we doing, bros? <clears throat> nice one. So... We're sort of, I guess, like three quarters of the way through this uh, participating in the present series, and I'm preaching on Matthew 5, uh, verses 13 to 20, and um, just a little bit of an overview on what, like, where these passages fit in the greater text of the Sermon on the Mount is that these passages are sort of like a transitional little uh, space between... Um, the Beatitudes and between uh, Jesus's sort of like reframing of the laws, what we've been going through as we've been going sort of backwards, the um, you have heard it said, but I say versus, or not versus, but, you know, transitioning into blessed are the X for the Y. Um, so that's sort of where this sits. And yeah, so I'm just going to read the scripture. Um, so let's, yeah, let's get stuck into it. I'm reading the NIV version. So from uh, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, Anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of our Lord. Okay, so as you can probably tell from that bit of scripture, what I'm preaching on today is... Funk music, actually. It's not a joke. Like, literally, that's what I'm about to preach on. So, can we hit the next slide? Participating in the funk. Um, <laughs> so, we're going to have a bit of a crowd participation moment. I'm going to explain to you a bit of, like, what funk is, why is it important, why am I preaching on it, how does it relate to the Bible. We're going to get into all of that. But, essentially, modern music or, since, or pop music since, like, the 40s... Um, the emphasis on, was always on like the two and the four. What I mean by that is if I count in fours, one, two, three, four, you clap on the two, clap on the four. So let's try that. I'm going to count 
you guys are going to clap on the two and the four. And by the way, this is also a test. So if we can get this right, maybe we'll start introducing some like faster songs into the service as well. But not until we can clap right, all right? So let's try. Ready? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Awesome. You guys are naturals. All right. That's normal music. Now, funk music is pretty different. There's an emphasis on the one. So one loud, loud clap on the one, and then a bunch of softer claps on the two, three, four. So let's try that. Okay, ready? One, two, three, four. One, two, yeah. Does that make you want to dance? Yeah? Cool, cool, cool. So there's a reframing of rhythm going on there, right? Now let's, let's do that again. We'll add a little bit of swing, and this time on those quieter claps, don't stick to the two, three, four. Just freestyle it. So as long as you come back to the one, you do whatever you want. All right, let's try it again. I'll count you in. One, two, three, four. One. One, yeah. Awesome. Do you guys feel the funk? Can you feel it? Yeah? I think everyone just got a little bit more tan as well. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So that is, that is like where the feel of funk is, right? And the reason that it's called funk is because, so in the jazz scene in the 40s, 50s, 60s, they had this term funky, which referred to when a muso was playing and it was like the most rawest, truest, authentic expression of themselves coming through the music. You make a stank face like this, you know, and that's funky. And so what funk did is like take that raw expression, authentic expression, and make it into a whole genre, basically. So we come to 1965, James Brown, known as the godfather of soul, also the inventor of funk, if you will, put out a song called Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. And this is like pointed to as the first funk song. Um, there's a dispute, but you know, most people agree this is the first one. Um, what he did was harness influences of soul, jazz, R&B, and bring those into their most true, most authentic, most raw expression. He started embracing African rhythms, um, so sub-Saharan African rhythms, um, syncopation, and what syncopation is is basically what we were just doing, playing those sort of offbeats. And he used uh, sort of black church gospel-inspired call and response, like tactics that the preachers would use to mobilize the audience, as well as folded in freeform improv from the sort of 1950s, 1960s New Orleans jazz scene. So what we see here, um, if we go to the next slide, is authentic expression, an emphasis on rhythm over melody, and an invitation to participate and experiment. That is sort of what James Brown did by bringing funk to the world. Um, why is this important? So this was all sort of taking place during the uh, civil rights movement. And funk music functioned as a source of empowerment for black people and all people of color. It gave people a voice. It um, reminded them who they are, introducing those sort of African elements into um, modern music and challenging the societal norms. And it actually be began to become a transformative force that gave a voice to marginalized communities. Um, we're going to listen to some songs. If the Spotify works, let's, let's give it a go. Um, 
Can you hit that first song? Everyone recognize this song? So this is not funk, right? Emphasis on melody, not on the beat. Not funk. Next song. Yeah, we know this song. Not funk. Right? A lot of melody, not so much rhythm. Still that one, two, three, four. Next song. This is Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. You crank it up a little bit. Yeah, feel it? One. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Craig. All right. So, part of the reason that we like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles is because for uh, European settler cultures, it took things, stole things from African music and sort of made it palatable to the greater society, right? It sort of primed people and set them up to be able to later receive the funk that James Brown introduced. They were inspired by R&B and blues, soul, jazz, and became sort of rock and roll, right? But it was a, it was an inauthentic expression of all of that. And the importance of what funk did was uh, that it wasn't seeking approval from those European cultures. It was an affirmation of African-American culture. It was um, them showing, this is what we do in our cultures, this is what we do in our churches, this is what we do in our families, and this is for us. It's not, we don't want to cater to your ears anymore. And that's why it was important, right? So, Funk uh, pulled the emphasis away from the uh, melody of music. Usually, music was centralized around melody. We can hear that in the, you know, that ba da 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 melody. Or, help, I need somebody, melody. Funk, ba da da rhythm, you know. So, shift the focus from melody to rhythm, and that was a huge contrast to mainstream music at the time. Um, what it also did was, it, it uh, invited people collectively to participate and experiment within the music as well, from the band members, um, with that freeform sort of improv style sort of stuff I was saying, but also from the audience members. He would, uh, James Brown would mobilize audience members and then sort of fold them into the music, into the um, performance. And um, this sort of participation gave way to, so basically the way the family tree works is that you sort of got like the, the hymns that the slaves would, would sing and sort of became gospel and that sort of split off into like your blues, R&B, rock, soul, jazz. That, all, all that sort of became funk, that became disco, disco splits off into house. Funk also breaks off into um, drum breaks, becomes hip hop, right? And then this is how we get like today's music is all of that. Um, pretty cool, that little bit of music history for you. <clears throat> So this um, invitation to participate and experiment became uh, like a cultural experiment. People felt like they could have ownership over the music, over the style, and it influenced fashion, design, art, movies, music, um, and ultimately this um, participation is what served as the preserving force of funk even to this day. Everything, pretty much everything that we listen to um, is like, you know, has funk elements, borrows from funk, 
movies that we watch, there's always there's something in it, either whether it's like that sort of 70s film grain that we see, very stylized colours, earthy tones. I see a lot of greens and browns in the room, like that is because of funk. You know, sort of, in, it's in everything, it's pervasive. Um, and that, yeah, that was the preserving fourth force. So, uh, let's move on to the next slide. Authentic expression. Now we're going to talk about how this relates to the scriptures. Uh, and I think that, you know, maybe some of you guys are already picking up what I'm putting down. Um, <laughs> you know, you sort of see where I'm going with this, but if you don't, if you're like sort of listening, you're like, I have no idea where this is going. That's okay, because neither do I. So, you know, we're good. We're all on the same page. <laughs> so um, let's hit the next slide. Uh, so verse 17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And if you are like me when you read the Bible and you read that, you know, the sort of first thing that comes to mind is, next slide. What? What does that mean? I, I you know, I read it and I'm like, huh? But I'm going to do my very best to explain it. So as, a, as in terms of authentic expression, what we see is that Jesus fulfills the law, not abolishes it. And to understand what that really means, we have to go to the Old Testament for a quick pit stop and look at covenants. Um, I'm going to give you a very brief overview of the Old Testament covenants with Noah, Abraham, Moses, and David. So hit the next slide. The Noahic covenant signified by a rainbow in the sky. It was an invitation to partnership with God and humankind in the image of God to preserve all things that God calls good, not over and against another, but with and for all of creation. So that is, that's a quick summary of, the, of Noah's covenant with God. Next slide. Abrahamic covenant signified by the... Um, a blessing of descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the earth to be a blessing to all nations through his seed. And it's important to note that it's seed and not seeds as clarified by Galatians 3.16, that one seed, Jesus Christ. Uh, next slide. Mosaic covenant. Signified by the Ten Commandments, a promised land to which God's chosen people would belong and be a blessing to all nations and ten words to live by. Okay, the you know, Ten Commandments, ten words, ten sayings, ten utterances. Uh, not to end up back into oppressive powers, principalities, and systems of oppressive earthly empires. And the Davidic covenant. Next slide, please. Uh, signified by David's throne. I promise to deliver the world a Messiah through David's bloodline. Um, and it's important just to note that Abraham's covenant and David's covenant are sort of like, you know, they overlap. They're pointing to the same thing. So, that was a really quick summary of the law and the covenants. Uh, hit the next slide. The, uh, oh, we're missing one. That's okay. Uh, I'll read it anyways. Here's an even quicker summary. Matthew seven twelve. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. That's even faster than how I summed it up. All right. So, what I'm trying to say is that... All of that, those covenants, the law, that was all melody, right? Melody's good, melody's important, but what Jesus introduces to us is rhythm. Jesus is the rhythm. So 
like if we like I was explaining, if we try to hum a Rolling Stones song, you can do it without in, involving the drums at all. Da na na da na na. The Beatles, yep. Na 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 na. You can do it. And try and do the funk. You got to include the drums because it's it's baked in. The melody and the rhythm actually can't be separated. Cool. So let's go to next slide. Yeah, that's the one. This is the emphasis on rhythm and. Uh, the longer title for this is Decentralization of Melody and Emphasis on Rhythm in Christ. That is my, my scholarly whatever's coming out. So, Jesus de-emphasizes legal semantics um, and instead he emphasizes transformative rhythms and that's sort of what we've been looking at through this whole series, right? It's how to act out the law rather than get caught up in the the minutiae or the whatever semantics of how it's written and the way that it could be used and it was used and it is still used to this day um, and twisted and abused and manipulated to fit an agenda to maintain oppressive structures and systems. Uh, instead what Jesus does is go, all right, yeah, okay, that's the melody but focus on the rhythm, focus on how to act it out, right? Um, you guys with me so far? Yeah? Cool, cool, cool. What we see is that the rhythms reveal participation in ushering God's kingdom in and dismantling systems of oppression. That is the rhythms that God gives us. Cool, let's move on. Next slide. This is the invitation to participate and experiment. Cool, cool, cool. Next slide. So this part, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. This isn't part of my preaching, but I actually want to note real quickly, a real little side note, um, that trampled underfoot is akin to, we were learning before, like pig powers and uh, dog, whatever. Um, the pigs represented empire structures, and there's that, that uh, verbal link again of being trampled underfoot by pigs. So that's what Jesus is calling to. If you lose your sauciness, you're at risk of being trampled by oppressive structures. Anyways, let's keep moving. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So this is our invitation to participate and experiment with Christ. What we see is that believers are the salt and the light of the earth. Um, this is sort of how God identifies us. And so um, participation in his kingdom means uh, entering into the preserving work of Christly rhythms and seeking out dark spaces, um, sort of like opening up whatever sort of Christian bubbles that maybe we cultivate for ourselves because it's a safe space and um, moving out of that and seeking out those dark spaces and the dark spaces are the spaces where God's spirit is already breaking out. And as Christians, what we're called to do is bring that light into those spaces and, you know, and continue the work of his spirit breaking out in those spaces. This is why God says, what Jesus says, uh, same, same, um, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, because his spirit is already there in those spaces, right? You guys following? And so 
When we enact the, these crisis rhythms, we are embodying an authentic expression of the law and the covenants. <clears throat> this embodiment of authenticity um, is our invitation to participate, and it is the preserving work, the salt of it all, right? The work that preserves this system that is a radically transformative in dismantling systems and structures of oppression within our world. You know, we're doing the work of, um, you know, in partnership with God of restoring dignity to people to break down dehumanization, right? This is an invitation in Christ's rhythms to engage in restorative and selfless love. So, our journey in all of this, it starts with baptism, right? With baptism by water, baptism by the Spirit. But it continues by uh, learning how to hit those rhythms on the one, on the right beat. And that is the table of communion. That's where we learn, bow, hit those rhythms, right? Um, bringing it home now, so maybe the keys can come up. <laughs> you know, and the letter of the law may be technically correct. Technically, it says this, and blah, 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 blah. We've heard, we've heard the song and dance before. If you're like me, you were in, maybe in a church where it was technically correct, but the outworking was, the rhythm was off. It, was, it, was, it didn't feel right. It didn't make you want to dance, right? But what Jesus asked us to do is to clap on his rhythm, clap on love, clap on mercy, clap on his healing justice, right? And when we do that, we can hear his rhythms. We can hear the rhythm of his kingdom breaking in. That should make you want to dance, right? You can play, you can play, yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. So again, what the covenants are, are a melody. Melody's good, but Jesus is a rhythm. And at the table of communion, this is where we hear the rhythm, which is why Paul can say in Galatians 5, verse 6, harkening back to Abraham's covenant, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. The melody and the rhythm cannot be separated, but it is through the rhythm that we find the faith working through love. So... That the circumcision element of the covenant was the rhythm, or the melody, sorry, that Abraham was playing, but Jesus shows us how to put emphasis on the rhythm. Um, we want to undergo what God has done to us that we couldn't do for ourselves. That is the function of our communion table. And at that table is where we learn to hear the rhythm, to walk in resurrection, to witness to the crucified, and to follow the way of Jesus. So I'm gonna quickly pray and we can get the uh, hosts up to grab the elements. And then I'll read our uh, communion little thingy. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have given us Christly rhythms to follow, Lord God, that you, um, you remind us and you show us who we truly are and how to authentically express your love, your rhythms of grace, Lord God, in the way that we, we walk in your light, Lord. 
We thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be a preserving force, to seek out the dark places, Lord God, and bring your light in there, Lord. And we thank you that as we participate in this work of preservation, Lord, that you are bringing radically transformative restore of justice to this world, Lord. A justice that doesn't look like earthly empires, Lord, but reigns on selfless love and sacrifice, Lord. Thanks again for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. We hope you were encouraged as you listened in. As I said at the top of the podcast, we loved having and hosting you in this way, but we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So please drop us a line via our website or better yet, if you're local to Melbourne, drop in on one of our Sunday gatherings, 10 a.m. every Sunday in the Hall of St. Barnabas Anglican Church at 86 Bourne Road, Bourne. Peace and love, friends. Have a great week.